Hi, everybody. This is Tiff and Julia joining you live from the Atlanta Pen Show in Atlanta, Georgia. We're here. She's from Sweden, but she's here. I love I love every year. It's the third year that uh, we're here. And every year it's funny to see all the different ways that people can go. Wait, this one? You came here (laughs) from Sweden? (laughs) Well, why not? It's the Pen Show. (laughs) We're actually here live with each other, which is great and fun. And we're going to talk to you guys today with... um, to share with you some of our creative friends and the way that they're creative and they're going to talk to us about what makes them creative, how they feel about that, how they feel about their own creative friends. And we're just going to get some good feelings going on. I'm I'm really excited to hear what everyone has to say. Yeah, let's get to it. All right. So, Jonathan Brooks of the Carolina Pen Company. Uh, you have made a lot of people in the pen community drool over the past years. <laughs> and uh, I was standing next to you yesterday when somebody said, it's kind of funny, she said, I mean this in the best way possible, but you've gotten so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but do you consider yourself an artistic or creative person, or is it like this is just what you do? A little bit of both. Uh, getting to the process of where I am now, It was a lot of trial and error because I am creative, I am artistic, but I have no talent whatsoever when it comes to putting that to work until I came up with the casting and making of all the materials. So it was just one of those, I finally found something that worked and now I am finally getting more out of my head through my hands into my work. Have you tried a lot of other mediums? Oh yes, I've done everything from, you know, crayons to airbrush. (laughs) Uh, painting, uh, pottery. How did you find the motivation to keep trying new things even when you felt like you weren't getting anywhere with a medium that you picked? I'm very stubborn. It's hard to turn this off. Would you just kind of say, like, makers got to make? Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You had to find a way to make something somehow? Yes, if I didn't do it, I'd go crazy. How long did you stick with any one thing before realizing, like, this is not going to... If it was something I was, uh, the end result was completely horrible, that was it. (laughs) Uh, If it was something I was like, okay, maybe I can work and develop. Uh, I tried stuff for about a year. Uh, Airbrush stuff, I still do, but I've incorporated it into the pens. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still very abstract and raw, but at the same time, it's still my style. Did you you feel like, is this the longest so, so you make pens. Did we say that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got that down. Check. Uh, and is this kind of the longest um, thing that you've done creatively, like for your art? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as something has lasted. Uh, yeah. I finally got it right, I feel. And now I can, as you said, develop, get better. Mm-hmm. Next year, it'll be something, I won't say different, but it'll be, a, you'll probably say it again. And that's well, hopefully, <laughs> and that's where I have that's where I get my enjoyment is the looks on everybody's faces when I get when I can finally see them in person and they go, "Oh wow, now look what you're doing." Mm-hmm. So I, I love that part. You started pouring the acrylics first, uh, like the blanks, and then you moved on to making arushi pens, which, which is a, a, a technique a whole, of layering um, paints and lacquers over each other. It's a whole like it's a much more advanced and intricate process. It, yes. So as you're seeing all of that develop and you're trying new things, that's you're really enjoy. How are you feeling about? <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like you oh, are you're upping your game. You're getting you. You keep jumping levels. 
with mm-hmm. this medium? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I first got into the material making process, it was because I was completely bored with everything commercially available. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be a part of me, my personality, my style, my, you know, I, I usually make everything for myself. And if somebody else loves it, that's even better. And then when it came to doing the Urushi, I had to spend a year researching it just so I can do it properly. And now I'm in my fourth year. But the first year of it was, all right, let me just figure out the basics. Because, again, I tried painting. I've tried. uh, I actually tried some lacquer work, like for guitars and such like that. And that was a huge disaster. So when it came to the Urushi side, I was scared. But at the same time, that's what I wanted to do since day one. But I had I had no idea how to get started until much later in the pen making side. Can I ask though, because the Arusha, like it is one thing later at a time, and then waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. How do you sort of get the guts to invest in something that you won't know for a long time if it's going to be good? It's so scary, especially with the trying new things and new techniques. You know, it is exactly that. It is you find out five months down the road you messed up on day two. And it's, you know, it's it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, you just have to, like I said, I'm stubborn. I'm going to try it again. And if I make the same mistake twice, then I just put it to the side. I'll come back to it later. And I just keep trying over and over and over. And thankfully, I haven't had too many mistakes. I've had a few. I've had some that no one has ever seen and no one will ever see. Can you but, tell us about one of them, please? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was, I was trying to work with, my first time working with gold powders, I was trying to have it to where it was like you see on traditional maquillage, where the gold is very smooth, very flat, very refined, and very low sheen polish. And I kept trying and trying and trying, and I could not figure out how to get it level. I kept trying to polish it, and I would polish it away. So I went through several, several hundred dollars worth of gold trying to do this, where I could have done the same thing in silver for, you know, five times less the cost and learned the same lesson. But I just, I I saw gold. I wanted to do gold, and it was absolutely horrible. But how did it feel once you got it right? I haven't gotten it right yet. Okay. <laughs> Do you, all right, so what we were talking about sometimes in being an artist and then making that step to being a capital A artist mm-hmm. where you are selling what you make to other people, mm-hmm. how did you feel and how did you get past that first time where you're like asking people to pay for something that you have made? Did you feel like this thing is worth it or were you afraid like can you explain that to us i can and i can give you a really funny story on what finally made me feel completely comfortable and it was the first time i ever brought yurushi to a table for sale i was a nervous wreck because this is a technique this is a process that's almost entirely done in japan they do it they've been doing it for generations i'm one of two people in all of the united states that i know of that do this how am I going to hold my own against generations of skills? And so I brought it up, brought it to the shows, and everybody's like, oh, wow, you're doing this. This looks really well done. 
It looks like, you know, your Nakayas or your Danny Trios. And as amazing as a comment that would be, I still wanted it to say, where's your version of Urushi? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's where I've been working towards now. But so I think Atlanta was the first time I ever had it here. And then later on in D.C., uh, Mr. Matoshi of Stylo Art, who is a who was a very well-known Yurushi artisan, does his own pens. He comes walking past my table, and he freezes mid-stride, sees the Yurushi on the table, and he looks at it, and he goes, Yurushi? I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, you? <laughs> <laughs> but he says it in such a kind way. It, it wasn't as if he was saying, how, how dare you? How could you? It was, oh, finally, somebody is doing this here. And he was amazed by what he saw. And, and when I saw him here today at the show, he said, oh, Yurushi Master, how are you today? And, you know, he's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm doing an amazing job. Keep it up. So that makes me feel good that I'm on the right track, doing the right things. And, you know, obviously it makes me happy and that shows in the work. Do you consider yourself an artist or a maker? That's a tough question because <laughs> I'm very literal. <laughs> I would definitely say artist first, maker second. Do you have a creative community around you? Do you have friends who also make and paint and stuff? Uh, no, not really. The closest friend I have, you know, he's very close personally, but distance-wise he's not is Matthew Morse, uh, Hey Matthew, on most of the uh, social media. I mean, if anybody's seen his penmanship and his, uh, you know, his drawings and his artwork, it's it's awesome. But if you ever ask me to do something like that, it's stick figures. All right, well, thank you so much, Jonathan, for joining us and talking to us about making and art and all these things. It is, I think it's really helpful for people in our audience to hear someone who is successful and that you also went through the anxieties and stresses that and we find finding your thing yeah Absolutely. finding your thing and I think, I think that's sometimes the hard part right like yeah because you're like uh and and also sometimes like I want to get good at this thing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then you have to find the balance of is there like am I going to get good at it like when do you what's the and magical feeling point okay to move on if exactly you're not, that there's going to be something else that just because you fail at one thing doesn't mean you're bad at art or creating or making you just haven't found your thing yet absolutely and thank you so much for having me on here i love it <laughs> i remember one last question how does it make you feel to be at a point where people know your pens on site where people oh, can that's go the, that's, that's, that's a brooks that's the tip of the cap right there that is it's something that it, i i am not a conceited person i am not i i don't have an ego but that blows me away that the notoriety is going there without me trying to make it there. So to me, that's uh, an accomplishment I never thought I'd get to. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing to have the work speak for itself Absolutely. without you having to go out and like, social media, whoa, look at me. That, yeah. And that's what I'm <laughs> all about. Because you don't. You, like, you show things that you've made, but you're not flashy about it. It's more of a, oh, look, I made this thing. Exactly. No big deal. It's amazing. No, but <laughs> I, do, and I, I think that's cool that people will know like, like from across the room, mm -hmm. like that's a Brooks and I know that. There's Thank so you. many people that want that and strive for that and never achieve it. And it's a real accomplishment. So bravo, sir. Thank you very <laughs> much. Thank you. 
and we have with us joined as the first time yes. by Mr. Brad Dowdy. <laughs> Brad Dowdy, Bradford or Bradley? I'm a Bradley with no oh. E. Cool. So I'm a B R A D L Y. Is that a, is that a first? Does anyone know that? Uh, no, I, I had to. It came up one other time before, um, because at one point my nickname was No E, which was a terrible nickname. Mm-hmm. Like that's that that one didn't stick. Gladly, I was but. called Julia with a K for uh. a long time as a kid. <laughs> yeah, Tiffany with a Y. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so you make things. I do. And. We want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I'm a huge fan, and I'm excited to be in the uh, phone booth sauna with you, the Atlanta <laughs> Pen Show. Yeah, because you um, are part of and created Knockco, which mm-hmm. makes cases. And at first, you made them yourself, you yep. and Jeff, in on <laughs> by hand or yeah, by hand on machine. I don't know what you call that, but yeah. you made them yourself, and now you've expanded. Have you always been a makey kind of person? I haven't. Like I was an IT guy, right? But I've always been fascinated by like pens and writing and analog tools. And as I got more into those type of things, I wanted something to carry my things in. And pen cases were like another fascination that comes along with it, except I didn't know how to make the thing, right? So I knew the ideas and I knew what was required. I didn't have the technical part of the making. Um, I had some of the creative design part, but not the technical part. So I lucked into my business partner, Jeffrey Brookwicky, by just randomness. One of his friends read my blog, The Pen Addict. And at the time, Jeff was sewing cycling bags for him and his friends and things like that. And this guy said, I listened, I, I listened to Brad on his podcast and read his blog. I think he would like your style of bag in a pen case. You should make him something. And Jeff's like, well, I don't know anything about pens. And he's just, so his friend Patrick helped him along. They sent me a case just like this standard nylon. What do you think of like a mini backpack? You know, it's not a leather, some traditional pen case looking thing. And, um, I was like, I really like this. So Patrick got me in touch with Jeff Jeff and I found out we live about an hour away from each other. We met at a Starbucks. I laid out designs. Jeff told me what was technically possible. Turns out he's actually an exceptional sewer. He's not just like an average sewer. He's like super technically skilled at like making things. Um, So I gave him my design ideas. He went home and in about a week came back with a bunch of prototypes. And right there in a Starbucks, we said, we have a business. We make pen cases now. But how did you find and sort of train that vein of being someone who thinks things up. Yeah, I I don't know. I was always into like the sharing and communicating and like listening to other people's ideas and sharing ideas. So even though I, ne- I wasn't necessarily making like a physical good or making art or anything like that, I was always interested into that. You know, art's always been in my family. My sister's a bookbinder. You know, we're into just like, you know, I just love that side of things. I guess it's probably the escape from the IT brain, right? You get fried doing that. Like that's not in my nature. Like I'm not a second nature like IT guy where I love, you know, coding or programming. Like coding's creative too. Coding is creative, that's true. But it wasn't <laughs> in my creative realm. Yeah. I was more into the writing and drawing, but just for myself. So the transition into making stuff, I mean it, it I'm glad that I have Jeff as a partner because where I'm able to say words that he can turn into things and that's made me become a better 
you know, designer, like I don't call myself a designer, but we Why not? make things. Well, I feel I feel like a maker. I think a maker is a better a thinker word. upper. Yeah, a thinker upper. I like <laughs> I actually like the term maker because it like I make words on the page and I make sound on the microphone and you know. <laughs> so, Do you consider and, yourself art like artistic and creative? Yeah, I think so, but in like I guess maybe a non-traditional way, which is actually, you know, I guess why y'all are here, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's it's not what anyone would look up as a dic- dictionary definition of a artist or a creator, but I feel very creative and I've actually you know, it's like a freedom that I was able to like do this now and like release these things that have always been in me in my head or just in my thoughts, you know, oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. Well, you know, I found someone that could help me get those things out. And um, I'm like, I wonder if I could find someone who could explain or who, someone who could understand when I'm like, I want this in watercolor. I'm thinking very specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be like, I'm the designer. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, Wait, I is can... that Tiff's job? Oh, <laughs> darn it. Really? What? <laughs> I can go to Jeff with like the most basic thing or the most complicated thing. And like he understands the words that come out of my brain, which I've formulated in my head over my extremely long long life (laughs) Um, how how would you feel if you weren't able to produce or make anything I don't know I wonder if that's why like in my previous job I was in IT for 15 years after that amount of time like the frustration levels get high like you Mm -hmm. don't notice it at the time Right. right but you know you start having more just like challenges getting through the day and maybe it's because you're not having this release that you don't know you need at the time it's like you know you don't know how to necessarily like directly answer that question but I think with me it just kind of came to that point where I became less functional at my jobby job because I was spending more time in my side jobs which was you know writing and podcasting and making things and um it got to a point like a not a, like a true have to breaking point, but mm-hmm. it was like, it was time to make a decision. Am I going to go make stuff or am I going to be safe in the corporate world? Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky to be in a situation where, you know, I'm married and, you know, my wife has a stable job. So the decision was easier for me than a lot of people. I'm fully aware of that, but still making that jump was a risk. And it's been the best thing I've ever done. And, my when my I hear my wife say this is the best decision we've ever made I'm like okay cool like we did the right thing and now I can say I make stuff and now I've never been happier but but like, basically you had point, to find a way out right yeah but you, it's, it's hard it's like, at the no time what? It's, it's hard at the time the pressure it's like, cooker is just squeaking mm-hmm. more yeah. and more but it's like when you're in that situation do you really know it yeah but then you when you look back on it, you're like wow you know I used to be like a really different person and you know not the best person that I could be right Mm -hmm. and you don't want to blame it on like job and situation but it was like maybe I wasn't getting this creative thing I had in me out Mm -hmm. and that affected me like personally and professionally and things like that so you know I maybe that's it I don't know is this like a is there a couch for like a psychological (laughs) thing in here are you feeling better you feel good you feel like you just figured out like is there hypnosis later yeah Yeah, well this room's getting warm and like one of those like steam situations where they sweat lodges right yes or the psychotropic breathing where just like less and less actual oxygen happening right here right now but Uh, do you feel that you have sort of a, a creative or artsy community like close either physically or Otherwise, like friends, you have friends. Yeah, yeah. That, that is also yeah. a way of putting it. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not in general, but who you feel are part of the creative community. Absolutely. 
like I have so many artist friends and even, you know, just like minor acquaintances that are artists, designers, graphic designers, comic artists, uh, potters, painters, <laughs> you know, that I just draw from like just being around, you know, people like yourselves is just like so calming and comfortable and you realize that even though we don't do the same things, we believe in the same things and mm-hmm. um, you know, we work in the in the same realms. Um, yeah, I find that most of my friends that I'm the closest with are definitely like on the artistic creative side. But in your in your heart of hearts, mm-hmm. when we have you on the couch, does it ever get frustrating? Do, like, do you also sometimes feel e- either jealous or envious, or like, do you ever have problems feeling happy for them? Like, or, or the double like part of you, your your super ego, the adult in you, is yeah. happy for them. But then yeah. the duality like, of being creative and being in a creative community, right. you both feel jealousy and you feel excitement when someone someone else succeeds. Yeah. So do you can you explain some of that? Yeah, I can. I can. Like for a minute. Like before I realized, well, that's a really not healthy place to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, at the, in the beginning or, you know, when I'm starting, you know, you get a little stubborn in my way type of thing. And, you know, like, boy, I am super right about this. <laughs> and um, that is really not how I like to live my life. Mm-hmm. It's so not worth it. Um, I am. But I do think it's important to admit it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to not, because sometimes it's easy to get stuck in a trap of, yeah. I am a good person. Right. I don't feel jealous. And then you never actually process, like, what is that thing? Am I jealous of, of like, monetary success yeah. or likes on Instagram or whatever it is? Because then I think you can deal with it yeah. differently. Yeah. Like, I didn't come about this till late in life. Like I said, I'm, I'm 46. In my life, in probably the past three or four years, I am such a different person in these last three or four years than I've ever been. And I'm a, I think I'm, uh, I'm better off for it. I think I'm a better person. So like when you like try to compare yourself to other creators and look at other work and like, is there any jealousy or, you know, hate projected on someone or negative thoughts? I'm like, I, I, I think I maybe had that stuff for like a minute. Then I was like, that is just the wrong thing. I'm like one of the biggest promoters of everybody, even like my closest competitors. I was like, I just want everyone to do well and make cool stuff for everybody. There's room for everybody in whatever. Rising tides whatever, and everything. Yep. Yeah. In whatever business you're in or creative, you know, bent you take, there's there's room for everybody. And there's no need for any jealousy or hatred towards any anyone else. I always have that one feeling when you see someone that's just really good at something mm. and it's that this is something that you want to be really good at and you're just like oh yeah. it's like that that frustration that you have when you see it but at the same time you it's more admiration behind it plus you know it can be done right right, right. Yeah. and you're just like oh I just I really want to get there yeah. like you see it and it's the promise land but at the same time you're like you. <laughs> My yeah. worst issue is when it's someone who's like 15 years younger than I am. Oh, <laughs> yes, that one burns a little bit. Yeah. But it's practice, right? We yeah. can all get there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have artistic outlets that aren't part of your like uh, job or career or the things that everyone sees you do? Um, I kind of don't. I just I sketch a lot and I don't share them. So like I've said always, like I like to draw and doodle. I don't have like any... Um, major things that I'm committed to that I hold close to the vest, if you will. Um, I always say I want to draw more and sketch more and share it more. 
you know, even like if it's crappy drawings, because I, like I'm a firm believer, like there's no such thing as crappy drawings, right? Like they're, they're, I just don't think it is. I think it's all art. It's because it came from you and you created it. But I do have a little bit of hang up of sharing like the innermost, you know, lines of a nose on a piece of paper on Instagram. <laughs> That's a hang up for me. <laughs> do you think you would ever bridge that gap and start sharing some of yeah. your sketches? Even I, if you, you think can post bad? it anonymously on our Instagram. No, like I, I would post it. I would post it myself. So because I, it's, it encourages other people, too, who does. might feel the same way you feel that if right. you put it out there that they can feel like they can start somewhere, too. Right. Like I've. I've thought about it in the past and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I, I lasted about a week and I was like, eh, I'm not going to do this right now. <laughs> Did you delete <laughs> the stuff that you had? No, 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 no. I haven't that deleted anything. Happened. Have you I've ever just, framed anything and put it on the wall? I have not. Uh, my parents have, of mine, <laughs> which is the worst, right? When you're in high school and like you do this drawing that gets on the cover of the high school art magazine. And now you're 46 year old and you go to your parents' house and it's framed on the wall. That's not uncomfortable <laughs> at all. <laughs> do your uh, wife and your children see your drawings oh yeah oh yeah what do they think they do just, they want to they just them? they just giggle like they're so bad but it's it's hilarious like my parents are 70 and like you know have moved houses like three times and the same pictures end up on the wall which is great and it's even more funny because my sister is like what you'd consider like a traditional artist she's not just a book binder she's like if she was a painter she'd be like a legit amazing painter so she has all these paintings up from when she was like 16 and then me I have like this skateboard design up on the wall next to her <laughs> like sweet <laughs> I love that is your wife artistic uh no not really like she can draw but she doesn't do she likes uh, photography so she's artistic in that way and she like works really hard at it so yeah and she's one like I try to boost a lot she's like oh I'm not good enough and you know I want to take this to the next level so I mean she's artistic in photography when I, I answered that incorrectly so I was thinking like drawing and painting but like mm -hmm. from a photography aspect yeah she's definitely artistic in that way and I try to get her to like share more of her stuff and she hasn't crossed that threshold yet so she's working on it well, thank you for, for joining us uh, in our therapy sauna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I wow. feel like we've reached some, some threshold with you, Brad. <laughs> yeah, We're it's We're going to get you to post some of your ugly drawings. I, I, think, we, I think we can do this. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. I, really, I, re I really want you to do that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Deal. Now we're joined by Anna Reinhardt. The, the chair at the well-appointed desk. Oh, and great. You just told everyone my email address. <laughs> uh, but also uh, artist at Hallmark. Technically, I'm considered a designer. A designer. See. Mm -hmm. But it still works. I mean, what, what actually they call me is a hybrid designer. Because this is where Isn't it's funny where, where artist is also like not a protected title, but it is an actual like job title. So what, what does designer mean? Um, designer means that I don't actually get to call myself an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Do artists get paid differently in the company, or like is the structural different? Kidding? They don't. We don't. Are you, we're not allowed to talk about money. Well, no, no. I, I, yeah, I wasn't I mean, asking how much no, you were making. No, seriously. Like I, I wouldn't actually know what anyone at Hallmark makes. Like we've never actually gotten. No one. Nobody talks about money. I wish I knew. Like if they genuinely got paid more or not. I'd be curious to know. But, but also, artists don't get paid. You know, we do true. it for the love. Oh, that's, oh, true. that's true. That's true. Art. <laughs> um, no, they get to sit on a higher floor. Ooh, that definitely I means more. I'm telling you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some corporations before. That's definitely, that's higher up. Yeah, top floor. Top but floor. Outside your office, do you consider yourself an artist? No. I mean, that's the whole big A, little A thing. We've talked about this before, or at least on Art Supply Posse. At one point, we talked about the big A, little A thing. Mm-hmm. But, so what uh, makes an 
artist. Artist. I don't. You know. I, I really don't know. I think you. Can, I think you can call yourself whatever you want. You can call yourself a puppet if you want. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider yourself artistic? Um, creative. Yes. Artistic. I, like that word has so much. Has like so many connotations, and there's so much baggage attached to it mm-hmm. that. Um, creative I think is it's there's less crap attached to it I think you can you know when you talk about creativity like creativity is is something that we let our kids do like kids can be creative art artist like yeah there's a lot of bs attached to it and you know do you think that all the stigmas come from other people who are artists and creative and not so much other people who don't consider themselves that because I think if you talk to, let's say, like an average person who doesn't find satisfaction in creative artistic fields, they look at people who do and would call them artists instantly or creative instantly. You yeah. know, like their labels are are so easily given when we so often keep those labels from ourselves. Maybe. Yeah, it's it is. It's like oh, it's so complicated and it's, I, it, sh- it probably shouldn't be like when you talk to somebody who's an engineer, like there is no stigma or baggage or anything attached to if your job is being an engineer or a computer analyst or, you know, any the other closest job. you get to someone who's like, well, I'm not an engineer. I'm like a systems administrator or like maybe. But yeah, I no. wouldn't per- call myself an engineer per se. <laughs> but it's like, well, you are, you aren't usually. Yeah. I'm, you know, a nurse practitioner, like that's a job or it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's I don't know why we make such a big deal out of it. I don't know. But, yeah, it is. I guess there's degrees of it or something. I don't know. Do you think that there's a stigma? Because um, Hallmark is very much a commercial business. Mm-hmm. Would you say that there are ideas about whether people think the things that you guys do is art or not? We've, like, my husband and I talk about this a lot because both of us are in jobs where we get paid to make things for people. And... You know, there's the whole, like, design is making quote or quote, unquote, art uh, for money. And that's the, that becomes design at some level or, you know, illustration or that type of thing where art is making it strictly for, because you love it or it's, you know, something that's coming from the heart or those types of things. Um, you know, that one is design or, you know, illustration kind of thing. And I completely forgot what your question was, but you get you get where I'm going. Like that whole design versus art or, you know, the creative from, you know, being creative for money. And that's where a lot of what Hallmark, you know, I mean, when, when you work at a company like that where you're making, you know, we make greeting cards and we make product for other people. And so it's not, you know, we're doing it because we looked at it, some statistical analysis and it says, you know what, we need at Christmas. We don't need more Santas this year. We need more stockings or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, like that that's, we sold more stockings last year. So we need more things with stockings on them or we need more things with snowmen on it, not Santas. You but know, at the same time, you need to, someone needs to know how to make a very simple Santa feel like a Santa or a stocking. And that's also an art mm-hmm. to cook something down or to for that matter there's a lot of word art and I don't mean just the literal the lettering but also like evoking a feeling is also part of art I mean like so is this a, a two or an as or an of or a for I'm trying to think what words would you have <laughs> on a reading card oh yeah and I mean like the people who write for our for our cards and and all of the product that we make our writers are freaking brilliant and the way that they can 
um, create editorial that go for all of these different occasions and for the relationships that people have, you know, from complex relationships to complex situations um, is amazing. You know, I mean, when you're needing to send a card to someone who's going through a rough time or who's going through long-term illnesses and all of these situations, I mean, I think what they do is, is amazing and they find ways to say things that seem super personal for people and yet they're writing for people that they don't know and situations they may have never gone through before and they find ways to do that i'm like it's it's i mean i, I watch what they do and we, we read the editorial and we all get like teary-eyed and you're <laughs> like it's that whole like you know the at&t commercial thing like you're like how do you manage to make people cry how can you guys keep doing this over <laughs> this and over eight again words on a page yeah like how do you do that and gel down like yeah emotional feelings and you know 10 words or less like you guys are pretty golden so yeah I think it's pretty cool but we do know from your blog and from the podcast art supply policy that you do like you some art supplies <laughs> and I don't think you just keep them sitting around so what what do you do with your what kind of stuff do you make as a creative um when I have time which <laughs> there's less and less of that these days um but I yeah I do love to um I love to draw and I love to paint and um but you're absolutely not an artist (laughs) (laughs) we'll get around to that later (laughs) some other day um no I um I do like to do like figural like figural work um which actually at Hallmark I don't get to do a lot of because we try to keep things very non-specific and a lot of times figural pieces get very specific so I don't get to do a lot of that for work which is what I do in more of my personal work. So so you let your personal art or creativity, it's totally opposite from what you're doing at work. Yeah. You yeah. don't find, um, it's not an extension or anything. Like you're just doing the same thing every day, all day at home or at work. It's, yeah. you separate it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. um, right now what I do at Hallmark is um, a lot. Um, I work in the masculine card division. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing like Father's Day and um, like masculine birthday. So like dad. And that kind of thing. For some reason, the, the, the term masculine birthday is like, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, dude. Um, but then, you know, so then when I go home, like, uh, you know, this sounds like the absolute antithesis. But basically, I draw like cute little girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally opposite. So, yeah, so very different kind of things. Do you have um, do you have a creative community around you aside from your colleagues, like friends and, and people, you know, in your vicinity? Um. There's actually like even within Hallmark, like we have um, we have what's called lunchy paints. So I know it sounds stupid. Um, it sounds, sounds amazing. <laughs> but on Thursdays at lunchtime, we have they like give us a topic, and you can like people get together at lunch and you get to paint for an hour. So like this this week, I was here. I didn't get to go, um, but the theme was glam, and so they gave us like a little like research page that had like pictures of like David Bowie and um, you know like illustration ideas my just, smile is so big right now <laughs> <laughs> you know and like Jimi Hendrix and like you know disco balls and stuff as just inspiration of places to start and we have you have an hour to just do some quick drawing some little sketches maybe you get one little piece out of it but just to kind of jump start the idea to do some drawing do a little sketch get yourself going i love that because i bet there was some very good manager at some point who knew that like you are doing 
the same camo happy birthday dude card over and over again or whatever it is and just be like i need to do something that is not christmas exactly not easter no you know i don't want to draw any more bunnies plus prompts are Mm -hmm. ridiculously good sometimes because you're sitting there and like i have paints well i think some people just assume that like oh you're creative or you're artistic you can just figure these things out you can just make these things they just pop into your head because that's who you are and what you do when really we all need a little encouragement and we all get stuck and bored and blocked you know there's I think creative block happens everywhere with everybody yeah and this also gets I mean like different people in the group pick the theme so it's also getting like you know, maybe the guys aren't necessarily the one who's going to pick out the glam theme, but next week somebody else is going to pick out a different theme that's going to be way out of somebody else's comfort range, you know? So it's like, oh, this week we're going to do, you know, Arabian rugs or, you know, just (laughs) something like totally different that's going to be like way not glam, you know? And then Mm -hmm. maybe the next time it's going to be, you know, uh, succulent plants or, you know, something that's, again, very, very different. So it's like really going outside of somebody's, you know, so it's very, you know, every week is a very different theme. Do you think that that there is a challenge for people who work with (laughs) small or big letter A, like for work to both stay creative and work and feel creative outside? Do you like, how, how do people talk about that at a place that is so much about making pretty things it's I mean you know there's a lot of people that I work with who go home and they they do other creative things and then I think there's a lot of people who go home and they don't they do something totally different they you know some of them have do charity work some people go home and they do sports or they work with boy scout troops or they do something totally different um they volunteer with you know pet rescue um just all kinds of things and I think that you just have to figure out how to like what is it that inspires you and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a, a you know what people perceive to be a creative pursuit because you might what inspires you creatively might be watching birds you know if cleaning up you know along your beachfront and watching the birds fly you know or the you know if that inspires you creatively to keep making art then do that. So when you're a creative person with creative friends, um, do feelings of competition drive you or do they discourage you? I'm not somebody who gets driven by creative competition. That actually is not for me. Like that doesn't, which is great that I work at Hallmark because we're not, that's not the environment we have. We're Mm -hmm. actually very, um, like a very cohabitative environment like and which has been really good like everybody's very like helps each other out it's not not very mad men no no you know so people are very like will volunteer to show you how they do things and their techniques and and that kind of thing which is really cool so if you want to learn how to do collage work the artist who's really good at doing that will show you how they do it and will teach you, which is also great because it sort of passes on a lot of traditions that we have, you know. So if you want to learn how to do hand lettering, um, the artists who are really good at hand lettering will, you know, you just kind of have to ask, like, hey, I'd really like to learn how to do this. And they'll start to show you their how they do it. Or if you get stuck doing something, they can help you along and stuff. But it just ha- you have to get brave enough to ask. And that's that can often really be hard. Do you ever feel that something that you've made 
is so good that you feel a little bit protective of it in those situations? Just a little bit. Like, you know, you, you oh, still. Oh, gosh, no. Uh-uh. no. No, I think everything sucks. <laughs> I was about to say you're a much better person than I am and then I was like no we're the same it's okay yeah, oh wait oh, go back to reality no yep. and and the crazy thing is that even like the people that I admire so greatly at work um they think their stuff stinks too so which is always one of those things where I'm like really oh my god seriously but is it a good thing that you get to know that though Knowing it, that it's it does, not just it, you. It has taken working there for as long as I have to find out that they actually don't think that they're awesome because I was always really intimidated. Like so many people, you know, you think that these, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so. Their work is so amazing. And then when you finally get the, the nerve up to ask them about their work, they're like, really? You think it's, and I'm like, yes, I think your stuff is awesome. And they're like, oh no shucks it's okay and you're like no like I've been scared to talk to you for years and they're like ah shucks no you're just how do you think any of us get to the point of sharing what we do if we all secretly or not so secretly (laughs) feel like we all suck you know because like how does it all get out there I feel like everyone would just be like like in their closets like really with their we are in a closet oh yeah literally a very warm closet (laughs) but like you have to have that brief lapse of judgment where you're like doesn't suck maybe i'll put it online and you put it online and go oh no oh no oh no oh no oh no (laughs) i mean yeah like that that's how does how do any of us really breach that gap like bridge cross that bridge to displaying and showing the world what we can do or what we have some dummy at some point put my stuff on a greeting card and it got printed like 20,000 times and then it just kept happening. You know? <laughs> and I think that with the rest of the people that I work with, they kept doing that. And we had managers who kept saying like, we, you know, um, yeah, it's approved. Like give the artwork to the production artist. We got to keep going. And that's how we, like mm-hmm. we kept our jobs, I guess. Do you guys do statistics at work where you're like, you have been read more times than Harry Potter? Like your stuff has met more eyes than. Um, they don't have statistics like that, but like we, there is one greeting card. Like the, I don't know if you guys know about the the card with the violets on it. The the there's like a there's one card that's been in the line since like the 30s or the 40s. They now actually print the, that information on the back of it. But if you go into like a Hallmark Gold Crown store, like the um, longest running card, almost. it is the longest running card. They actually printed a, a, a postage stamp, like a couple years ago, of the card. Of the card because wow. it's been running so for so long, but it's yeah it's this little it has like a little it looks really old like when you see it but it, they just keep running it because it's a little cart with like uh, violets or pur- little purple flowers I'm not very good with flowers I work at Hallmark I don't know my flowers <laughs> it's because you're masculine <laughs> masculine <laughs> um, but yeah these like little violets in this little cart and it's been running since like the 30s or the 40s and they keep rerunning it because people love it it's like a get well or a thinking of you i think it's a thinking of you card like just that's thinking so of you sending you this little basket of flowers that's so cute <laughs> but i want to ask though because we got stuck on artists and creative but you are also a maker and you make things for artsy and art supply collecting people because you make the colorings and now the colodexes how like how how does an idea like that come from where like this thing is needed and I'm the one to make it, and then people are holding it. And Well, the coloring got started because I was sad that the Maruman word cards were no longer available. And I griped about it long enough that my husband, who owns a letterpress print shop, was like, I have a machine that can make, I can die cut cards for you. 
if you shut up. If you would just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but how does that feel, though, when you're like, when, when you're the art supply junkie and suddenly you make the thing that everyone is Other holding. Other art supply junkies need. <laughs> well, it's taken, I mean, it's now been The junkie one, has become the dealer. <laughs> one year since we started making the coloring cards. So this is really like the first time that, I mean, it's it's taken sort of this long for it to sort of saturate, saturate. our community. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yes. Inky saturation. We have met saturation. Art um, ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, which has been like where people will just kind of be, say things like, let me check my coloring, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I really dig that. We've been and requesting like, people to like pull. Oh, let me see your coloring because everyone's assuming everyone has, has one. one. Yeah, yeah, which is really really cool. It's the equivalent it's, of just saying like, "What's your Instagram?" Yeah. yeah, and which is like, I get super super excited when I hear that, and it's like in a weird like weird excited like, we're just sort of the thing now. Like, how cool is that? Um, and I like I don't know what to do with that kind of like weird excitement kind of thing. <laughs> like I just. I kind of just like file it away like okay that's cool it must be cool too also when you're when you're in a job where you don't meet like the customer the person who buys it or sees it whereas now it's like i can see one over there i can see one over there yeah come up to you it happens every now and again like you know i mean because for the the most part like i go to work at a job where people have like seriously at hallmark like nobody has a clue like nobody knows about the pen the pen the weird pen thing that I do like nobody knows about it they don't know about the well-appointed desk they don't know about any of that so like they don't know they don't care whatever the best life is being an a-list celebrity in a tiny narrow community you can go to the grocery store (laughs) but there's the one place where you're like (laughs) just every once in a while like I joke like for about three and a half minutes once a year I occasionally step off of an elevator and people go I saw you on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go home and, you know, people run over me at the grocery store. Get out of my way. Like, okay. Back to normal. Still, everyone needs that little bit of pride and ego boost sometimes. (laughs) I think that's how we all get by. (laughs) Yep. Um, Well, thank you for talking to us. Yes, thank thank you you so much. And um, I hope you make your own violet someday. (laughs) (laughs) She's got her coloring. That's true. Hey, Julia, we're here together and we're going to talk to each other with our eyes and our faces. And we're actually going to know what each other is like. I, I don't what know. I just like, I, oh, yeah, let's <laughs> <laughs> you, you threw me off. You're so funny. <laughs> this is Make Do, a podcast about making and doing and art and creativity. Um, and we are recording live in the same room at the mm-hmm. Atlanta Penn Show Uh Kind because of in a hallway, so... Kind of in a hallway. Um, and we, we were going to talk about, like, having a community and friendship because it is kind of funny, like, when you realize this is the second time that you and I are ever in the same physical place, yeah. at least at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us creative people, I mean, people in general in the modern age, like, you have all these friends that you maybe have never met. Because mm-hmm. um, you're able to share your creativity with so many other people and people are able to consume the things that you put out on social media and publicly and you it it spans oceans right it doesn't matter where anyone lives or works or makes or do's anymore because it's all accessible to everybody all the time whenever you want you know like I could be laying in bed scrolling past images of uh, your pottery you know and and that's fine and we stay connected but 
it's kind of really nice to be in the same room and look into your brown eyes and your purple hair. Right. Uh, <laughs> except now I can't edit out all the times that I interrupt you. It's <laughs> my well, favorite thing. Well, now i you can't interrupt me because I'm just going to yell and I you hear me on your mic. <laughs> but it is also nice to have a physical community. Like, mm-hmm. we've talked about how uh, I want this podcast to be one of the things that triggers me to make things. And I don't know, do, do you have people around you that are artsy and make I know you have a studio mate now mm-hmm. I do it, was that someone you knew before it is and I feel like I kind of made her I put her into the role of my teacher because she actually went to art school and she went to an art high school and she pretty sure she went to an art college sorry Jamie if I got that wrong but she has been being creative and has learned the techniques of art her whole life and so I'm kind of leeching off of her knowledge of that a little bit and she's telling me amazing things like don't see lines and there is no black and white like it's just and it makes you see the world differently and it's amazingly creative and it changes it has changed my art and it's made it better that she's in my life and not only for her knowledge of the of the the things the not for her textbook knowledge of art and and supplies and and the way to use tools but just for the person that she is. And I think that our community all encourages each other for that in that way. Do you get it? You're staring. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I'm just thinking like... <laughs> and nodding, which is good. Because I'm trying to think like, what is the difference of having, uh, a, what you call it, a geographical close friend mm-hmm. and just having people around you that you can talk to? Um, and I'm like, why did we want to talk about this? Why does it matter? Because I feel like it does. And I'm not sure that I can Well, I mean, sometimes you it can... It, it depends. It's, it's a difference of consuming someone's art and the things that they do and the things that they decide to present on social media versus a person that you see on a daily basis and can encourage you face to face. And and even if it's not face to face, I guess it's we're just talking about a person that you have more communication with than a person that you uh, basically consume their work Uh, I think that that's different. Like I have a best friend. She's incredibly creative and artsy and she makes cakes and she has been going through the same thing. Cakes on Hudson. Uh, (laughs) She's been going through kind of the same things that we are and finding her creativity and and starting a business. And it's like it's cakes, but they're so incredibly artistic and detailed and the stress of starting a business and charging for essentially your art that people happen to eat like that, that's Being also one her. of those things like charging for something that is very much an ephemeral thing. Yes. And people would be like, but it's just a cake. It's like, yes, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then she's like, well, it's not perfect. But it's like, well, it's not perfect because it's a, it's still a cake. But it, it's she has to put her art out there for everyone to literally consume. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I realize that I think it's when you're when you spend more time with someone and you're in the same physical place. It's easier to talk about the tiny things. Yes. Like when you're talking to someone online, even when it's someone you talk to a lot, it's it's easy to get stuck in talking about like the important stuff or like you don't you don't necessarily message them for like I'm just thinking about this. Whereas you're maybe in the same studio all day or like you're hanging out and your kids are hanging out or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because you're like babbling and small talking, you can also small talk about the art and maybe discover the thing that you didn't know you were thinking about. Exactly. And talking with someone else, they might have a different perspective. Think about it for a second. Then they say that one thing that helps everything click for you. And you're like, oh, yes, you just like unlocked this whole world of thinking that I wasn't I wasn't even considering. And I think having those type of people in your life 
it's so helpful to growth and to expanding yourself and and, and it stops you from being stuck in your own brain. And also I think the whatever the small talk version of art or creativity would be, they see all the little doodles as well. Mm-hmm. If they're in the same room or if you're hanging out, like again, you don't maybe post those online and you might not even send them in like a text or a messenger service to someone, but they can see all the doodles and they can also go, I think if you hold your brush like this, like all the little things that are not gonna show up when you're online and talking about it or posting a picture. And I bet if you make YouTube videos, you will get a lot of slash and like quote helpful comments in the comments. <laughs> oh, yes. But you know what I mean? Like they, they see all of the, I'm trying to think whatever the small talk, but like the 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 day to day, the everyday, the minutia of art as well. And that's where a lot of things also happen. Yeah, it's the things that you wouldn't think are important enough sometimes to bring up with someone who you have a limited time to talk with or a limited time to communicate with. You want to bring up a lot of the big things, you know, the big checklist items, like let's talk about this, let's talk about that. And you miss the little things and it's the people around you that really bring out those little things. Like the the big philosophical questions or even the big technical questions. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, I don't know, I, I joke sometimes that, because I really like uh, freelancing and I like working from home. But then there are those times where you kind of if you're in a newsroom and I mean regular office work as well but like you need to sort of stand up and go I'm looking for a word it sounds like orchid it's not orchid you know like those those tiny things mm-hmm. or like I need this one colored pencil I don't have it can someone let like whatever that is and it's the same in a physical space where you can be like can you just look at this I can't figure out something is off about it or like, you know like the little tiny again the everyday that you might not again I don't message my friends and go the word it's like orchid. <laughs> what is it? But do you have those people who are everyday in your life that uh, I'm I'm specifically thinking of um you know when you're making pottery. I mean, I feel like that's such a solo thing to do. Do you find uh, I don't know inspiration from other people or help or encouragement? Like how do you troubleshoot? Do you have a friend to try like what is that like for you? I don't. And when I was in when I rented the studio space before I was very, like, of two minds about it. Where on the other hand, you're like, well, it's nice to, like, be inspired by people who make totally different things or who can tell you what you're doing wrong or, or, like, give you feedback. But then on the other hand, I don't like people. (laughs) I'm like, I just (laughs) want to do my thing. I want to put my head down. So that was hard. And there actually weren't people there that often. So what what I do is often, like, it is very much, like, an online thing. So it's more that I have friends who are creative in different ways who more just, like, I don't know, feed feed whatever gland it is that Mm -hmm. makes me artistic and creative, which I think is both, like, it is a little sad that I don't have people who who do the same, like, exact thing that I do, but, man, now you made me sad about it. No, 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 I'm just trying to think, like... At the same time, sometimes certain art and certain people, the way that they create, they find other people distracting, and I think that that's a totally legitimate valid thing to feel and to have as part of your workflow do you feel because if you do you have people who who do the same things that you do like what 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 kind of art does your studio i realized i have no idea like what is she also oil paints so that's what is kind of encouraging like when we were setting up the studio together and i'm a total noob and don't know you know you know i don't know I, i do know oil from acrylic i was trying to think of a analogy but whatever she took me through the art store and she was like okay you need this you need this you need this you need this and she's like everything else is optional and what you kind of decide it was amazing it was like having your own 
personal guide through, I don't know, like the, the foreign country that you don't know and you, you just want to know all the things and they're there to show you. So it's- Well, you can save a little bit of the like trial by error steps. So you yeah. can focus on, on erroring in the actual art instead. Yeah, and like finding what actually works for you. And, and that's what she was encouraging with too in that like she's like, well, there's this kind of palette and there's this kind of palette and it doesn't make your art better or worse for which one you pick. And sometimes when you're new, you can get stuck in those little decisions that really don't make a difference in the outcome because it's so and, personal. And when you can definitely spend money because you feel like this is how mm -hmm. I can like compensate for my, my noobness. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, because it's so easy to just throw money at the problem. You know, even if you don't have money to throw at the problem, sometimes you you excuse your problems because you're like, I don't have money to throw at this problem. And if I did, then I could make this thing. Or if I had this lens, I could take the picture I wanted to take when really it's, it's not that that's not the barrier. Sometimes it's something you else. Someone to tell you like, I know it doesn't make sense, but the human skin does actually have green in it to yeah. make a face or like whatever it is like mm -hmm. that, that thing. Does she inspire you or does she just like do that, that osmosis feed the creative gland thing? Do you think? I think she inspires me because I see her also wanting to create and wanting to make and wanting and having that artistic need. And that's a really nice thing to be around. But she generally, in a in the best sense of the sharing a studio, she stays out of my way. Like she's not over my shoulder, like a, an invasive teacher saying like, oh, the way you're doing that wave, it won't create enough depth unless you do it this way. And that, like, she just lets me do my thing. She lets me fail. She lets me experiment because she doesn't know where I'm going with the painting. Just like I would never really say what, unless she asks, like, feedback wise. So it's just a really good relationship and I'm really lucky to have it. And I think that anyone who has a relationship like that, that encourages them creatively also feel really lucky and it's it's a great thing to have but it's hard to find I think right yeah because I, I think like I was saying I think I'm lucky that I have people around me who are just you know creative in general like knitting and writing and all that stuff and it's just like you know that you have people around you they might not be able to give you specific feedback but they understand like the general feeling of anxiety or happiness or mm -hmm. whatever it is but that also makes me think about like when you're not happy for people are you are you a petty person because I can be really like why why are they why are they like not why are they successful more you know it very much is not why are they it's why can't I right and not just like both in like why can't I draw hands <laughs> but also like why can't I get some kind of success it's I don't think that it's a, a you know um what's it called a zero-sum game like mm -hmm. I don't think there is like a hundred percent of the cake of appreciation and success in the world I think people can be successful at the same time but it is hard sometimes to look at people and go like, okay, so that randomly got picked up by Instagram's algorithms or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you get that? I don't. All right. There's two ways for me to answer this because <laughs> the honest way and the true way. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two, it's two different factors because I have a lot of creative people who are in my life on a daily basis who I interact with, which are, you know, two of my best friends um, at home. And then there's the general sense of the creative community that you decide to who to add to, you know, like in social media and things like that. For social, the social media jealousy or, yeah, I guess jealousy is the best word for it. Uh, I don't really have that yet because I don't feel I'm very good and therefore I am not a competitor. You know, like that, that is not a spot that I could have gotten yeah, if they I've, hadn't I'm taken it. Yeah, I'm not even playing that game yet. I'm just admiring 
everyone else playing that game. And I see the stresses that those people go to when they see like another person stealing their stuff. And that's a direct copy of my character that I've been drawing for years. And like, now I have to fight with this clothing company that stole my drawing and it's exactly the same. And like, or even something that's not evil when it's things like they got a gallery spot. I wanted that gallery spot. And And it can be either like, we are the same, you know, we're we're mm -hmm. the same level of good. Maybe they emailed sooner or they know the owner or they or know somebody. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and I see them all going through that and I can understand that. And it's all valid, legitimate feelings. So that's one side of it. So I don't feel like I'm playing that game yet. On the other side of when I'm talking about being like crafty and creative with friends. And sometimes, you know, when we talked about like, I am a achiever, please notice, you know, like that sometimes you get into the, the mindset that. I am the most creative and artistic of my friends. Or oh, I'm the creative one. I'm yeah, I you define yourself by like being this person and then just naturally you kind of fall into a group of people that are similar to you because it's nice and it's comforting. It's like when you get into university and everyone suddenly the smart one from their high school. Yeah, and then now like someone else succeeds in some way or like becomes more creative or becomes more skilled at something that you were also doing at the same time. And it's not, all right, so I'm specifically talking about my friend who makes cakes. We both made cakes together. And it was like a thing that we were both learning at the same time. She um, took it and started making it a business. And I could not be more proud of her. And it's absolutely amazing. But I feel like, okay, I'm going to step back from pursuing caking myself because she has gotten to such a high level that it's just amazing. Like, I can't believe how darn straight her sides of her cakes are. Like, how how does she do that? I have no idea how she does it, but she does it. And so now I'm like, I looked for a different spot to be creative in. So I'm like, okay, I'll Why, do though? painting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, that's just something about me that I like just had to find something else because I'm like, I didn't want I didn't want to compete with her because I didn't love it as much as she loved it. But do you think it's competing or comparing? It could be a little of both. Because I think that's something that's also really hard. Because you can be like, I didn't want to sell cakes. Exactly. You know, like, like, like I didn't oh, want to do it. Competing. I'm not like competing in the in like the market. Mm-hmm. But you're also like you know about yourself. Like I am the person who will compare myself to her and not be able to always remember that. She is spending a lot more time at this. She is really making an effort. And we've talked about like opening a bakery together or a cake decorating together because sometimes we're better together because we can both problem solve and we both kind of know how certain things are done when you're building something with fondant or da 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 da. But man, like, like I said, she's gotten so much better than me. Like I was, I was the one that could make the little figures and things out of the fondant and like mold it. And, and now she's way better because mine ended up crumbling and like not working out. And I'm like, I don't know how this happens. And okay, then she's I think, gotten I think better. we talked about that in, in one of the previous episodes, that thing of like, I was always good for my age. And then suddenly mm-hmm. when you're like, I'm suddenly average and I don't know how I can deal with that. <laughs> so, it's not in your personality type to be okay at things and I know she listens to this podcast so I know you hear me Tanya (laughs) I love you (laughs) but that's how like I feel I felt like I I just needed to fade out of that space a little bit and I wasn't going to pursue it as much because she was I I don't know and I'm like now I'm gonna try painting and maybe I'll be super good at painting and I don't know. I just... Do you think that people should create? Because I used to have, uh, we used to have at our house, like craft night every Tuesday. Anyone who wanted in our group of friends was totally open, could come by. And they, like, it was just a space like, hey, we have a lot of supplies just because we're those kind of people. But also, like, you could bring the thing that you were working on and wanted to 
work on. Like either something that needs mm-hmm. to be mended or just like I'm going to bring supplies because it's more fun to glue weird things together in an artsy way with company. And then you could show off what you were doing or you could ask for help. And, you know, somebody brought like a chair that they were reupholstering one time. It was a whole thing. And it was that like you have the social aspect of it. You have the help aspect of mm-hmm. it. You have the supplies aspect of it. And you have the like, OK, if I'm if I'm. If I'm with other people, it won't be as boring to, like, mend this pocket. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved um, outside the city, it, it wasn't as natural for people to come by. And I, I often think, like, should I just, just start, like, artsy, craftsy Tuesdays again? Because I, I do also think, I suspect that I have a lot more friends who are artsy than I know of. Because mm-hmm. not everyone, like, either posts their stuff or talks about it. Like, I bet I could go to some, like, acquaintances' houses and suddenly discover like wow you know they have an easel and they have all this stuff up that they do you think you, like do you think that's a thing like oh, there yeah. are secret artists around your absolutely i in think the everyone as we're finding out when we like we were talking to our friends everyone has a way that they find to let out their creativity everyone finds a way to make something and sometimes it takes trial and error to find that thing i'm combining two people like what brad said that you know he what he didn't know what was bugging him until he had an outlet you know so if you create a space like that for people maybe people have an opportunity to use or you know play with crafty artsy things and then they don't know what they like until they actually try it and then versus someone like Jonathan at the same time where he was trying a whole bunch of different things and just didn't come across the thing yet so and Anna too like Mm -hmm. the the what do they call it? Lunchy painty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing of like, like this is the context where you can do something else. Just like, we're going to tell you what to do. Yeah, like break out of yourself a little bit. And I think that everyone needs a little bit of that. And it's it's a wonderful, great thing. And it's helpful. And I think everyone would benefit from it, even if it's just a tiny thing you would do for stress relief. So maybe even though I hate the idea of homework and I'm not always fond of the idea of people, maybe that is homework to like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe a little force force the concept and like make a creative community of people both for myself and for other people yeah like, and homework for you too oh yeah I th- this could be something cool like a community thing and it doesn't have to be like once a week or it's like it's really hard to get a whole bunch of people together. No, the good, the good, the only, the really good thing about having it once a week was that people knew, like every Tuesday. And I mean, sometimes there was mm. just the two of us, but we would still be there. Oh, like, that's okay. true. Then, like, it doesn't matter how many there are. Yeah, yeah. Because you always okay. know that you can drop in, or you could just have it, like, you know, first Sunday of of whatever. Uh, we can make we could have like make do workshops spring up all over the country. <gasps> right, and we and double and more countries. The countries, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone can Skype in. You and I should do that. We should have painting like co-painting evenings. Yeah, or more mornings for you anyway just any way to encourage okay so because because that's the thing too homework is encourage the people you love to create something (laughs) and yourself because that's the thing like it also it doesn't even have to be about like encouragement or feedback it's just Mm -hmm. like like i'm not generally a very new agey wooey person but Mm -hmm. i I do think that there's like neither am i just, (laughs) just like there's a creative pheromone or something just like being around other people who are making stuff at the same time or just like being around people and start talking about the little things also does something like it just I don't like it's the same way as you have to practice a language Mm -hmm. to to keep it up and I think just having people around you I think if I fell into 
a nest of creative people that were operating at a very high level. I'll just carry the cupcakes around. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would be like, like, okay, so the other day when we were together, I showed you my horrible doodles after you showed me your lovely doodles. And they were truly bad. So yeah, there we go. I shared. Well, I can't watercolor. So it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, so t- I we guess can take, we all see, have that's our the thing, things. Though. You can take turns being the good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so we need to find a community that is average, <laughs> <laughs> average and <laughs> multimedia. <laughs> but what you can do, like again, like if you want to be super proactive about it, you can have like, okay, we're the group of creative friends, and then you maybe have like with your studio mate, mm-hmm. you have one person, like maybe every four times or whatever. You bring in either someone you know who's super good about something, and it doesn't have to be super structured. It's not like, okay, this is the learning annex. But to just, like, who can tell you, like, this this is the one thing that you are missing in this painting. Or Wine night at the studio. I should have people over to do creative definitely things, like, in should. the evenings. And because, again, like, <gasps> you have the tools. So and you can, like, people can pitch in, like, I don't know, like, $3 for just, like, um when they're not canvas, it's just like planks of wood or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because you have the tools, they don't, and they don't know. And you can be like, all right, this is a very simple bunch of flowers. I love this way of using the space that I have to encourage more people. Oh, this is good. Because that's the luxury that I had as well. And that's why we had craft night, that we had a decent sized apartment. And again, all the tools. Mm-hmm. And also I had friends who could help other people out and be like, this is why your knitting looks wonky or this is whatever. And, you know, like having having people like we were talking about, I think, either on or off the podcast, like having some people who you aspire to be in your mm-hmm. community and then some people who are at your level. And I think you need both. Yeah. And then like the one time you get to say to someone else, like, oh, do this thing. And they're like, I'm amazing. I taught somebody else a thing today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no better high than when you feel like you got to share a bit of knowledge that you have. And it's a delicate situation sometimes, right? You don't want to feel braggy or know-it-all or, I don't know, interrupting their own creative process to interject something. But at the same time, like, sharing that knowledge and being like, generous. I've, I've is, taught some people to great. to throw in my studio, and it is amazing. Like, and I mean, pottery, uh, throwing pottery is a very frustrating process Can in I the come beginning. to Sweden and throw pottery? You are so welcome. Yes. Um, but, like, that, that second when you see someone else get it mm-hmm. even like they're gonna get it and then it's gonna fall over like four seconds later <laughs> and it's the same thing like when you teach someone to knit or when you even when you help someone a little and also when you talk about it and you see someone else go oh my like keep talking about every episode and like Anna was talking about like I'm not the only one who thinks I suck mm-hmm. or I'm not the only one who has has gone through this particular process or this plateau or whatever and on the one hand, it's important to talk about those things online so that everybody all around the world can see them. And sometimes you just need to sit down with a friend over some cheap pink wine yep. and be like, come on, why why am I the worst person in the world? Or just, what pens do you like? What pencils do you like? What, what, like, try, here's, here's my, my pile of pencils. And then you try it theirs and go, oh, a 5HB, that's what I, you know, like mm-hmm. that thing as well. Right. Yeah. I. All of that we, we, works together. Every episode, we just solve all of our problems. We do. Gosh, we're so talented. High five. High five. Or it's, again, the fact that there's no oxygen and <laughs> way too much heat in this yeah. room. <laughs> we found this amazing, tiny little, like, internet closet at the hotel. Yeah, it's literally the internet closet. I can't, I don't even, this computer in here is so old, which we're not using. We just turned it off. But yeah, just to give you all a view, and we the, the door is glass, so we kind of look like, recording fish like people are walking by <laughs> and watching us but i think this is um i'm having a good time <laughs> yeah let's just keep recording we'll do four episodes in here <laughs> just 
keep the tape rolling. This will be just great. So no, but I I do like the idea, and it's uh, it's really funny. I have friends who know that I love like you know projects very much. Like I'm gonna do this for a month. I'm gonna do that mm-hmm. for a month. I'm not gonna do this for a month. <laughs> I had a friend who asked Julia, "Can you go a whole year without projects?" And I was like, "As long as that doesn't count as a project or the <laughs> challenge." But I do think it's good sometimes to go like, okay, what if I try this thing? Yeah. What if I go, okay, I'm going to have either wine and paint or jello and doodle. Um, because it's it's kind of the same thing as with the prompts where you're like, if you just sit down by yourself, you're like, I'm going to doodle. Yeah, that's hard. Whereas like, you just sit down with some friends and you're like, all right, let's all doodle. And maybe someone will say a funny word and you can doodle that or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also finding... Again, the friends at different levels of achievement to inspire different parts of you. I just want to bring up real quick, now that we are here in this very public situation at this pen show around a lot of our friends that we don't get to see, and I drew this horrible doodle the other night when people were talking about boring things and I couldn't focus, so I started... sports. I I don't know what it was. (laughs) I started doodling, and it came out terrible. And then the next day, I found myself sitting by sitting alone at one point just having free time which is so incredibly valuable to so many people but sometimes when you have that free time and what I started doodling were triangles like just over and over and over kind of like triangles on top of triangles on top of triangles and I was looking at this weird pattern blob thing that I made in my notebook and I kept coming back to the idea that sometimes certain artists who are who I admire I see them doing something like this and they sell that like they sell their art and this is just silly triangles on a page that I did for more fidget reasons than artistic reasons but then when you step back and you look at it it's kind of cool because it gets like it has depth because the triangles are all little different shapes little different angles Mm -hmm. and then the ink has a little bit of play yeah no totally and the fact the the personal inside feelings of being okay with creating something that looks like just stupid fidget drawings because that made me feel good at the time and that made me feel like I can make something because I couldn't draw the face of the person across from me who I tried to draw but I drew these little stupid triangles and being okay with that like being like I'm not just I'm not a child trying to create art or anything I'm a a grown woman who's just being satisfied with putting some ink on a page and it felt good and you know you know what's hilarious because i um bought we went to it's called binders art supply here in atlanta and i bought one of those little mobile uh, watercolor kits you know like the little and they have the water brush i don't know what has water in the body and i was just playing around i was like i'm still not good at watercolors and then i quickly doodled a little tree in watercolor and i posted because i was like it's funny it looks like a tree somebody commented like i would buy a print of this and I was like, what, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> and like, I know that it's not necessarily that she does actually want to, like she would actually buy a trend, print, a trend, if I put it in my Etsy store, she might've meant it totally literally or as a form of compliment. And it's that thing, like when you show it, you realize that somebody else will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I see everything that's wrong about it. Or I just see like, I just doodled, it was fun. The green and the black played together and it looks like a nice tree. So it's the thing again of like not, just getting caught on the stuff where you go, I suck. Mm-hmm. But also just like landing in it and be like, I'm going to post this because it was fun to paint. Yeah. And not being ashamed of the simple. I think that that's 
a super big barrier to get over. Like I see a lot of abstract artists or watercolor artists very similar to your tree. Like, and that's what their whole thing is. You know, like they always paint sloppy bloppy trees like not that yours is sloppy you, you no, but understand. I know what you mean like and that's their thing that's their aesthetic and that's how it and looks. where the difference is like we were talking about like they can recreate that tree I'm not sure that I could make yeah, it there's, look like that oh, again. There's, there's definitely differences in like my stupid triangle swirls and you know professional triangle swirls I see that but oh yeah because you I bet you also have a feeling where you did like the one triangle and you're like that ruined the whole thing. Yeah, I miscounted. Now, now there's one square deep into the triangles, and it's just terrible. It's killing me. But still, being happy and okay and satisfied with creating something really simple because it's not like a perfect rendering of someone's face doesn't mean that you didn't spend your time well and do something creative and put something on paper and make and do, right? Like, you, like even if you made a blobby watercolor tree or you made triangles you still m- made something and you did something because out so is always great. better than in there you go <laughs> like that goes for all things but really like okay it might not be good it might not be amazing it might not even be a huge step in your development but it's there and if you hadn't drawn it that'd be one less mm-hmm. made thing both for you and the world i feel like we both went through the same thing while we were here it's kind of nice that like we created these silly things that are actually kind of cool when you step back and look at it because i did i very much admired your tree and your thank scarf you. painting i like that a lot too it's, it was something very simple thank you and thank you for making triangles <laughs> <laughs> we'll post we'll post either the pictures or the links yeah. uh, to the pictures uh, in the show notes which are at makedopod.com and I'm not sure exactly what you'll find either on the Make Do Pod Instagram or our personal Instagrams, but <laughs> yeah. they're there. If anyone's curious about the Atlanta Pen Show, which is where we are and why we're here in person, um, you can find the hashtag Atlanta Pen Show 2018 and kind of see what it's all about. And if anyone is interested in joining this great community, it's not just about pens. It's about friendships and it's about being creative and it's about, I don't know, enjoying Get, well, it's like things. yeah, it's like getting to geek out about stuff yep. and both like the material things and what you can do with them. And people do all sorts of stuff. People do ink paintings. Like we saw yep. someone yesterday who makes he paints. Oh man, he outlines. I was so jealous of that guy. Talk about being jealous. I'm we'll like- see if we can find <laughs> a remember his name and and be um, linked to him because he does like just simple outlines in ink and then he washes them out with water so mm-hmm. that they turn into like a watercolor because he was talking about how he can't work in wet media I'm like dude that's that's you're very lying. Funny. <laughs> yeah, like look at what's so, happening so he didn't done like amazing portraits and like this koi fish and it was all like I don't know what you call it pen ink like traditional writing ink mm-hmm. that he had done outlines in and then washed out and then there are people who are just amazing calligraphers. We'll link yes. to some of those as well. And people who do amazing stuff with, like, make gorgeous physical pens. And then there's also the the Pay It Forward crew who want to teach people who are new, both kids and adults who are new to the whole thing. Like, they um, make kits with, like, a pen and an ink and a notepad. And it's, an, it's a different kind of creative community. I don't mm-hmm. know that people would maybe think of it as, like, this is the artsy creative yeah, maker community. Yeah, because when you hear a pen show, it's, there's just... It's so much more depth to it, and I found that coming to the first one, and that's why I keep coming back because like there's an origami it's, it's workshop. It's more than just shopping for pens. It's it's inspiration. It's freedom. It's creating. It's making, and it's doing. <laughs> and I, again, I think it's very good for the soul to get to geek out about things. So yeah, we're gonna link info. I don't know if we'll do like a, a little brief blurb explaining what the pen show is. 
Um, but getting to geek out mm-hmm. and, and not always having to be an adult and be like, I'm too cool to care about things. We care about things. That's what we do. That's okay. We thank you for listening. We thank uh, Brad, Jonathan, and Anna for taking the time to join us in what is a very small and at this point very, very hot little closet. Uh, we will link to all of the relevant info to their websites, to their social medias and stuff they talked about. And I want to also recommend and we'll link last year's live pen addict recording where jonathan talks a little bit about his process and a lot more how he came to make his pens mm-hmm. yeah you can pretty much find a li- if you want to know any more about a lot of these people we'll link to it and the, the information's out there because they make and do lots of things don't <laughs> they're, they they're pretty big deals yeah they are pretty um, big. but all of that is at makedopod.com and you can reach us at makedopod on most of the things. We're also Tiffany Arment and Julia Scott on most of the things. Mm -hmm. And until next time, go make and do.